Young women have been growing up with an indoctrination of what womanhood is and what it should be. They've been taught everything that is in direct opposition to the Word of God. Young women who want to be different from the world are rare, but they are real. On this Rare But Real podcast, Audrey Brogy will often be joined by her daughter, Grace Anna, and her daughters-in-law, Maureen, Kesset, and Marilyn, who desire to be discerning in a day when everything seems to go against God's design. Join them in the journey of becoming rare but real. It takes courage and conviction. And now, Audrey Brogy. Hey there. I am so glad that you are listening to this podcast, the second one that we're recording in this new year of 2023. And if you didn't get a chance to listen to the first one, I hope you will, because I just walked through um, Colossians chapter two and really what the what this podcast is based on, biblically speaking, um, and what we're hoping to accomplish. And you hear that every time if you listen to the introduction um, in terms of what we want to do. And sometimes I get asked a lot. Um, I say sometimes I get asked a lot. That's kind of contradictory. But I get asked sometimes, you know, where the title came from. And I know I've mentioned it before, but I think I'll I'll share that again. Um, rare but real. It um, really comes from Proverbs 31 when um, the passage, and I believe it's verse 10, that says, an excellent wife who can find. And the, the emphasis there is that there are excellent women out there, but they're rare. You can find her, but she's rare. And that's what Solomon's um, well, I should say King Lemuel's mother had had been talking to him about and sharing with him. It was the oracle that she taught him, and he wrote it down. And one of the things was what an excellent woman is like. And then as you continue reading in Proverbs 31, you read more and more and more about what that woman is like. And so she's out there. Um, no, no woman is perfect this side of heaven. And even if we know the Lord and sanctification is a process and we want to be more perfect than we are, I know I I do. I want to. I get so disappointed in myself when I do rotten things. But um, but anyway, (laughs) anyway, and I know you hear that voice. Maureen is with me today, and I know I shared last time that you know we have put it out there for women to um, drop with us, uh, drop to us what they would like to see us cover. And a lot of you have done that. Um, You've asked for different things that you really want us to talk about. And I'm, you know, some of those are these, Maureen, I'm just going to kind of walk through some of them. And I know we've gotten even more um, since this, but uh, one of them is about young children and salvation, how you lead them to Christ and, and how, how do you know whether or not they really understand it? And then what do you do about communion? What do you do about baptism? How do you help young children as they're growing up develop quiet? at times with the Lord. Another thing that uh, one one listener asked was, what is it like in the day of a life, in the day a day in the life of a mom, and she was particularly talking about a homeschooling mom because she was saying, like, I don't see how everybody gets it all done. It's either the chores lag behind or the schoolwork lags behind or having fun time lags behind. And so she wanted to have a glimpse of what that's like, practically speaking, but not just for homeschooling moms, but just in general, like a woman who it makes me think, Maureen, of Proverbs chapter six, when it talks about how um, the ant go to the ant, oh, sluggard learn her ways. She doesn't need a chief. She doesn't need an officer. She doesn't need someone telling her what to do. She's her own boss, but she does what she needs to do. And that's kind of what it's like for a woman who's in the home. Um, She's her own boss in one sense. So she has to learn to manage her time. So that will be something we will cover um, in some of these podcasts. 
And then uh, another one was about prioritizing our husbands, how we um, show him honor and grace and when there's so when we feel so tired and we're spent and we're just busy and giving him the time that he needs. There's so many, but the one that I want to talk about today, and I already talked to Maureen a little bit about this so she would know what she's getting roped into today. And Maureen, why don't you go ahead and say hello? Since <laughs> Hi, everyone. Happy New Year. Um, we are We are honored and truly humbled to be here week after week with you guys, answering your questions, talking about how the Lord's working in our lives. Um, we just spent some time together a few weeks ago, which Audrey referenced in her podcast last week. Um, just encouraging one another. That's what I took away from the time is how iron sharpens iron, mm-hmm. that one man sharpens another. And so that is our prayer for this podcast, that you would be encouraged to grow in your walk with the Lord as you go about your daily tasks, whatever those are. Yeah. Yeah. And um, this this next, this question, and I, I sent Maureen yesterday, I said, this is what I want to talk about tomorrow, because this woman wrote in and she said, could you do a podcast on hot tips of being a good mother-in-law to your son's wife? Also, hot tips. I like that term. Hot tips for a daughter-in-law relationship with her mother-in-law. And then she said her son's not married yet, but she's um close he's close to getting married and she is forward thinking which i appreciate i appreciated this and um forward thinking because she wants to have and cultivate a relationship with her daughter-in-law that is god honoring that pleases the lord and she wants to be the the kind of woman that um that where they have a good relationship and you know maureen when i was thinking about this question I was thinking about the scripture and how, you know, there's not a passage of scripture that says, now, if you're a mother-in-law, you need to do this. However, we do see in the book of Ruth a wonderful picture of a mother-in-law and a daughter-in-law and how they, um, what their relationship was like. And so for some of you who are listening, I would encourage you, I've taught the book of Ruth and you can go to search the scriptures and um, listen to that series. Um, It's on, uh, it's, it's under the series that I called Stories of Women. Um, but I love her story because, you know, the, the relationship that develops between the two of them, there's so much to be gleaned from that. Um, and the, the neatest part is that they both love the Lord. And and if, if a daughter-in-law and a mother-in-law first of all belong to Christ, and then they are growing in their sanctification, and they want to please the Lord in all respects, then God uses that to help forge a relationship between them that only God can do. And it doesn't mean there's not ups and downs in that relationship. We're all sinners, just like with a husband and wife, there's ups and downs. And it doesn't mean you always, you know, have a perfect relationship, but you're always striving for the way you treat the other person to be God honoring. And so that's a good picture. Another in-law picture that we see, and it's not a mother-in-law and a daughter, in law, but it's Moses and his father-in-law Jethro. And you see the wisdom and the what you can extrapolate from that story as well in terms of Moses looking to him for his wisdom and him giving Moses counsel because he cares about Moses and the people that Moses is leading and sees the needs that are there. So there's that. And then there's in uh, the Gospels, you see when you see the reference to Peter's mother-in-law. We don't know anything about the 
relationship, really, except that Jesus healed her. We know in, in the home, Jesus went into their home and she was sick and Jesus healed her. And we know from the scripture that once he healed her, she got up and began serving people. So you see a little bit of a glimpse of what kind of person she was. And then, of course, Maureen, I thought about the general passage of scripture in Titus chapter three, excuse me, Titus chapter two, um, just older women and younger women. And that's a picture of what it should be for any older woman and any younger woman, whether they're related or not, whether they're mother, daughter, or whether they're daughter-in-law and mother-in-law, but that uh, the older women you know, are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips, nor enslaved to much wine. If an older woman is is wanting to please the Lord in those ways, and the younger woman it wants to please the Lord in that way and aspire to that, then God is going to do something there in that relationship that that only He can do, and um, and that's you know different from what the world says. Now, with that said, I want to just say this <laughs> that I feel like I've no Maureen forever. She was my first daughter-in-law. And um, and I have images of her coming over here when she was a little girl and playing with my daughter and the two of them playing Dream Dollhouse in, <laughs> in Grace Anna's and room. And braiding hair. That's right. And never knowing at that time that this young woman was going to one day be my daughter-in-law. I mean, I knew our families were friends and I knew that um, we were doing things together because Maureen, remember, I, I kept Carl and I kept y'all for a weekend when your parents went out of town for a trip, and um, I do remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, and that was way before you and Jordan were like a thing. That because y'all were, right. yeah, y'all were. How old were y'all then? Maybe we like. Were you like 12? Yeah, yeah, that's I mean, what I was thinking too. Yeah. It was way before cell phones when you can snap and take pictures of everything that's and right. you have a record of it. But um but not knowing then um you know that she was going to be a, a permanent person in my life and I'm so grateful that the Lord brought them together and I'm grateful for, you know, it's a little bit different because Maureen, as a, and some of you know this from listening to the podcast before, that um, she, when, when she was a believer, I, I, you know, when you came to the Lord, you are at a very young age were already looking to older godly women for advice and counsel and even about life decisions. I remember having life decision talks with you. Um, you that's know, right. Yeah. In the red van. That's right. In the red van. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember one time you saying, I don't, I, I can't believe I told you some of the things I told you one morning. I don't remember all of them. <laughs> but, but being struck with your heart for the Lord and, um, and then of course, marrying my son and, um, and knowing that you were the girl that we prayed for forever when we first learned we were carrying a little boy and that, that God answered our prayers and brought you to faith in Christ. And then not only being a believer, because one of the things that Carl and I pray for is not just that our um, sons would marry believers, but they would marry believers whose hearts beat for the Lord, who were growing in their faith, wanted to grow, not perfect women. We weren't looking for a checklist. Oh, she has to have this in place and this in place and this in place. The biggest thing to have in place was a believer whose heart beat for the Lord. Because people, you know, if you have that, then you grow. And God, you know, you have a heart for the Lord. That's what I always say, even in my relationship with Carl. It's like, I want my heart to beat for the Lord because then I love him the way I'm supposed to. And I want his heart to beat with the Lord because then he'll love me the way he's supposed to. So that was the, that was the, um, 
prayer request, and God did that. And um, and then uh, you y'all got married, and y'all were young when you got married. But then God, I, I feel like, has been um, molding our relationship. So I'm going to stop talking and let you talk um, about how you view our relationship and what what are some of your hot tips for uh, a daughter-in-law relationship with her mother-in-law, and then I can I I can share some of my hot tips as well. <laughs> That always makes me laugh. I don't think I'll ever stop thinking about that hot tip. Yeah, hot tips. Um, well, first of all, I just want to say, and Audrey kind of alluded to this, like our relationship is a little different and probably not too many people can say that they've known their mother-in-law since they were a child. Um, and then, you know, for me, the Lord allowed that you, Audrey, were the first real like woman outside of my own mom to build into my life spiritually to teach me what it was like to be a woman how God created us uniquely with roles and that we were to embrace that and to love it and to serve the Lord with all that so I think we have like all of this history spiritually of you and Carl teaching me me sitting under your teaching um I mean, I still would attribute the vast majority of my spiritual growth and my younger years to you guys, mm-hmm. the Lord using you. And so, you know, not to, I don't want anyone listening to think, oh, my relationship's not like that. It's not going to be good because that's not true. Right. You have wonderful relationships with your other daughters-in-law and some were, are newly blossoming and mm-hmm. other ones are older. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, though, as a daughter-in-law, something I've always appreciated about our relationship, Audrey, is that we just we really have been able to talk freely, um, to share. Like, I've never felt judged by you to share things that either Jordan and I feel like we're going to do with our kids now or that we're doing together. And even some of those things have been different um, for maybe how you and Carl did things. Mm-hmm. But I know I've never, ever felt like, oh, I'm scared to tell them that because of this, because I know that you have always, number one, Jordan was to leave and to cleave, and he did mm-hmm. unto me. And it's like, you guys trust that or walking with the Lord. You tell us that often. Every time you have our kids, you affirm that. You appreciate that in us. And so I, I mean, I think the number one thing, like when I hear all the in-law jokes, which I've never, that's never applied to me. Like I love my in-laws, genuinely, truly. And I look forward to our times together. Again, like Audrey said, no relationship is perfect and no one should be thinking that's going to happen, whether you're married, have kids, friends, in-laws, or even your own parents. Yeah, we're all sinners. We're all broken. But if you're striving to honor the Lord and to please Him, I think that you can have a really rich relationship with your mother-in-law. Um, and to see her, as Audrey already alluded to, Titus 2. I mean, I know for me as a younger woman than Audrey, having kids, being married, like I was hungry for wisdom. Like I wanted to know how to better love my husband and my children and to be kind and sensible, pure worker at home. Like I was kind of looking for those things. And it's not that our life looks exactly like you and Carl's life because we're different people, but there are things that you guys have taught me and Jordan, you know, you raised him, you had him that we have taken on as our own in our family. And it's been wonderful. Mm -hmm. And so I would encourage 
women who are about to get married and to have a mother-in-law, I know our society is like, kind of tells you, oh, that's going to be bad. Like, that's kind of the lie that Mm -hmm. you walk into it with, that if this relationship is going to be bad. And that is just a lie. I would truly say that. And I think, number one, when Audrey, when you were rattling off scriptures that you were thinking about, the first one that came to my mind yesterday when you mentioned this topic for today was just like how we are to honor our parents. And I know you and Carl are not my biological parents, Mm -hmm. but you are my husband and you are my in-laws. And I think in the same way that God wants me to honor my biological physical parents, he wants me to honor you and Carl. And by honoring you, that means you should have a relationship. I should get to know what you like. I mean, even on a small note, I think I enjoy knowing like, things you and Carl like to eat or drink when you come to our house and then being able to have those like just Mm -hmm. small little ways to make you feel comfortable when you come here not that it's required I don't mean that but just I do think honoring your mother-in-law by getting to know her by asking her questions by knowing the thing that she likes and again, Audrey, I know we have all this history. I mean, we we have so many jokes about shopping or <laughs> things we like to eat or things we like to watch or whatever it is. Like, right. But I would encourage everyone listening that that can also become your story with your mother-in-law. Like, why not, instead of entering into your marriage thinking, oh, this is going to be like an annoying person in my life that I kind of have to grit my teeth at mm-hmm. a couple times a year when I see her, mm-hmm. instead embrace it as this is the mother of my husband. Like, right. she bore him, she raised him, she loved him. And even, especially if you marry into a family of believers, like knowing that they specifically prayed for you. Right. I mean, how cool is that to know, like, no, they didn't know Maureen's name. They didn't know me specifically, but they were praying for me. And God definitely used that to shape my life and to, and to get a hold of my heart for him. And so I, I do think by honoring your in-laws, by getting to know them, by talking about things. And I mean, I'm always, and if my husband was on this, he would echo that, yes, Maureen is like that. I would rather just talk about things to kind of clear the air when you can, if there are things that are being misconstrued maybe in your head, because Satan loves to do that. He loves to make you think that she thinks something that she probably doesn't think. Right. Vain imaginations. Right. (laughs) And it's just like, and I think we're all guilty of that on both sides of this in-law relationship at times. But I would just encourage and continuing to encourage us and myself and like, it's better just to ask in a loving way. Like if you perceive something and you took it the wrong way or or maybe you didn't and maybe your mother-in-law does really have an issue, but I would ask the Lord to help you. I also think of you, Audrey, telling me this. I think this is before Jordan and I got married, but when I used to ask you and I still ask you, I'll call you sometimes like, have a relationship trouble, whether it's a friend or something. And you always encourage me just to like pause and wait a day or a couple days. And if God's still bringing it back to your mind, then you need to talk to the person about it. But sometimes there are things that come up, like just because maybe your mother-in-law didn't seem like she loved the muffin that you made that morning. Like you don't need to take that personal. Like Did I do you that? don't need to have a conversation. <laughs> No, yeah, I'm, no I'm, I'm, just, I'm just thinking of 
Right, sure. How we as women sometimes take the dumbest little things. Right, right. And, or then we go to bed and like nag our husbands like, <laughs> your mom didn't do that? And he's just thinking like, oh, wow, I would never even have thought about that <laughs> if right. that happened. And so thankful for like wisdom of our husbands and also asking your husband, your mother-in-law's child, like, what do you think your mom would be like if we did this or if I brought this up or do you think she would like this? Because, no, they're adults now. They're married and probably have children. Mm -hmm. So things are different than when they were like six, maybe, of how they perceive their mom. But they still really know their mom. And they know like the heart of her and what makes her tick or what's going to make her sad. I just think, just you know, I always go back to this, and Kessa said this at one point in the spring on a podcast about being like a student of your child. Mm-hmm. I think we need to be a student of our in-laws. Like they're new, learn them, understand things about them. If there's something that's confusing, just ask. Especially if you're someone who, like the norm in society, you kind of meet your spouse as an adult. And then you maybe come to meet the in-laws once or twice, and then you get married. So you don't really know them. So that's, I I don't personally know what that's like, but I can imagine that that would be hard. It's just like, I don't really know these people. Um, But I think probably, I mean, Audrey, wouldn't you appreciate just being asked, like, do you like this or don't you? Or what do you think about this? Um, And just to be really careful, I think, careful Satan puts so many lies in like young women's heads about what people are thinking or not thinking and women I feel like especially fall prey to that because we tend to I'm a huge overthinker so I'll just go ahead and say that (laughs) um I don't know how many times Jordan every week says me why do you overthink that Um, and so it's that rumination thing, you know, we, we, we're like, we're like a cow chewing its cud. Like, I know. And it's like, why do I do that? Like, that's something I sometimes really dislike about myself. I'm like, that was just a small gesture meant to be a small little gesture. Don't read into it. (laughs) And so I think probably little things that you think of, I'm again, going back to when I made the statement of in our culture, having an in-law is like frowned upon mm-hmm. I just think that it's like that we help make that true because we read in every little thing right and it's like why don't we respect our in-laws let them be who they are because they're different from us and just like I always tell my kids consider others as more important than yourself like that also should apply to our mother-in-law like yeah. you know don't always just be I think we've talked about some of the podcasts before, like stuck in yourself, like thinking about what makes me feel good or this or that. Maybe get out of yourself and serve your in-laws. Mm-hmm. I just think that is going to make for a better relationship. And of course, I mean, no relationship's perfect, but I mean, I would honestly, and Audrey, you're on the line. Like I don't look over our years of, wait, I'm 39. I was nine, 10 when I, you know, so a really huge portion of my life has been involved with the Brody. Right. And I don't think of that as tumultuous at all. No. I think there were seasons where maybe some things were harder, mm-hmm. but then you it's like growing pain. That's right. Like, mm-hmm. 
you also work through that. Right, right. And now that I'm a mom, especially with a kid who's going to be 17 in a couple months, like I can even respect so many things about my mom and Audrey even more as being a mom of an older child Mm -hmm. that you don't have the ability to see or understand when you just have little kids. Right. Because I think, okay, I was Audrey's first daughter-in-law. I'm sure that was a transition for you. Like, you know, you went from this family of seven to now a family of eight. And not that you weren't joyous and happy and the Lord had answered prayers, but like it is a transition. Mm -hmm, Like now mm -hmm. when everyone comes home for Christmas, it's also an in-law. And so I think just remembering that as well can make things just work. Yeah. You know, and we, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, no. You go ahead. No, I was just going to say when you were bringing up a few of those things that you were talking about, you know, whether it's the vain imaginations or whether it's the overthinking or whether it's like the way people do things that are different or whatever. And, and the thing that comes to my mind is, is like always to, you know, the things that we think, Oh, what do they mean by that? Are they mad at me or whatever? It comes back to, to let, let me take this to the Lord rather. Let me talk to him about it, you know, and let him calm my anxious thoughts about it, whether it's with my daughter or whether it's my daughter-in-law or whether it's my son and let him help me, you know, draw me back to the word of God and go back to the scripture to help me uh, quell whatever it is that sometimes it's the evil one who wants to stir up strife because, you know, he loves to stir up strife among brothers. He loves to cause tension. He loves to have especially family relationships, you know, at odds with each other. I mean, he loves that kind of stuff. I mean, he hates us. And he so it's like going back and, and asking the Lord to help me with, if I'm overthinking it, Lord, help me understand that if, if I'm not overthinking, if it's something that I need to talk to my daughter-in-law about, or I need to talk to my son about, show me that too. Um, you know, just to come back to that kind of thing. But you know, some of the things that I sometimes try to help when, when older people like me, you know, that they have their daughters-in-law or their sons-in-law or whatever. Um, I, one of the things that Carl and I have tried to do as we've taken on our, seen all our children get married and we have our in-laws is we, we always want to appreciate them as their, that they're a couple now that, that we've released them that they're their own family unit and they rely on one another. One of the things, even as I, the older I get, the more I'm so grateful that each of my children has found their soulmates rather than thinking there's, oh, an in-law. That's their soulmates. That's who they're going to grow old with. That's who they're going to have when I'm dead and gone to to lean on and to to trust each other. And so that all the more I'm always praying that their relationships stay strong so that the, when they get in their 60s like we are now, that they'll still be as strong as they'll be stronger than they were when they were in their 30s and 40s and that and then and then by the time when they're old people should the lord bless them with really you know i'm talking about like 80s now should the lord bless them with that that they still have each other if the lord hasn't taken one of them home that their marriages are even stronger then because parents won't be around anymore and that's why i you know i mean maureen some of my prayers for y'all now are so different than they were 20 years ago because of because of just getting older and seeing more of life and seeing you know um like how we how my siblings and i are now taking care of our mother and and knowing that carl is such a rock for me that i'm so thankful that we're still that we are together, that Lord hasn't taken one of us because he's helped me so much as this 
whole past year with my mom has been so transitional for me. And so I pray, like what I'm saying with that is that trans, that, that God has put the burden on my heart even more because I turn around in the things I've learned in this season of my life to pray for my children, that they'll get stronger and stronger and stronger in their marriages. And so I don't see y'all as like, oh, the in-laws, my daughter-in-law, I see you as my son's soulmate and that, you know, I want that to be strong. And so Again, that comes back to something that I've always wanted is not to be a busybody in my kids' lives, not to be, you know, always asking them questions like I'm checking up on them or seeing what they're, you know, stuff or questioning their authority over their children. I mean, you know this, Maureen, Carl, and I've always like, we want to honor whatever y'all's rules are for your children, period. We don't ever want to be the grandparents like, well... I mean, we can joke about it. I understand that. Like, what 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 happens if grandma stays at grandma or whatever? Stays at grandma. Whatever the jokes are. But Carl and I, in all seriousness, we're not like that. We're like, we want to honor whatever we can honor that y'all, any of our children want us to do with their children. We might not, we might fail at it, but we're trying, you know? Wow. And I mean that, okay. So what you just said is a great transition into being a daughter-in-law once you have children and uh-huh. then now your mother-in-law has grandchildren i mean i i mean something i would say with that is like let your children know their grandparents as much as you are able right. obviously relationships are different um if people aren't on the same page i'm not talking about if someone you have parents or in-laws who are not on the same page as you right right what you I'm talking about now in like a Christian, good, open relationship, right. loving each other. And then the in-laws want to be able to invest and build into their grandkids to carry on really with the whole Bible talk about right. from, you know, building in from one generation to the next. So right. I think of, I mean, I definitely have known people in the past who never see that as important in giving their in-laws times with their kids for yeah. them to learn from them. And, and I mean, at the end of the day, that's selfish. Like, you know, maybe you don't like something petty that your mother-in-law or father-in-law does, but don't let that stop them from building into your children, their right. grandchildren. And I mean, I will, Audrey mentioned how she and Carl have always honored mine and Jordan's request. Of, I mean, I think back to when, you know, we'd send five little ones to your house. Mm-hmm. Okay, now. You would always ask me, okay, before we'd meet up in Augusta, it was always like, you wanted to know the current temperature of the Jordan Brody household. Like, who's having a nap? When are they having it? When's right. the general rule of bedtime? Um, I always appreciated that because Jordan and I can go away and just know as much as they are possible. And I'm not talking about something happened or they lost track of time. Right. You know, building into them or watching a show where they felt like the Lord leading them to do something and the bedtime was trumped by an hour. I don't mean it. Right. Right. You're not talking about legalism. (laughs) Right. I just mean that generally, whether your in-laws or not think what you're doing with your kids is strict or silly or whatever that they would honor it and not only would they honor it but that they I know you guys have done this with our kids because they've told us over the years like you know whenever they would try well you know we're not at home so we don't have to do that or we don't have to go to bed then or we don't have to eat this or do that or whatever little things and that mainly I feel like the mom cares about that usually versus the dad and 
I remember my kids saying, you know, Emma always said to us, well, I want to honor your parents. So would they let you do that? And of course, my kids were always like, no, they wouldn't let me up to whatever. Like we had to go to bed or take a nap or whatever it was. I just know for me as a daughter-in-law that not only do you know you're sending your kids somewhere that's safe and loving and again, anything can happen anywhere, so I'm not talking about that. Sure. But I just see as a general rule that you can get away with your spouse and know that your kids are loved and cared for and that as the Lord provides opportunity, they make spiritual effort to build into them, to read to them from God's Word, to memorize Scripture with them, to do things with them that they enjoy, to get to know them. All those things my kids have appreciated. And then in turn, I really appreciate that because it allows you to be able to step away and not worry. Like you're not worried what's happening. Right. Um, And so I would, you know, I I don't know if that's like a hot tip for a (laughs) mother-in-law that like honor your daughter-in-law's like requests when they have kids like. You know, maybe you didn't have your kid take a nap or whatever, but like just if they did and that's mm-hmm. how things operate mm-hmm. better, mm-hmm. just do it. Well, like, you know, the one of the best things that a mother-in-law can do for her daughter-in-law is to build her up and encourage her and not feel like she's she has dumb rules or, or oh, I wouldn't have done it that way or we didn't do that or whatever because I've seen that be very destructive in some families' lives where the mother-in-law and the father-in-law are always putting down the silliness, what they, what they think is silly. I'm not saying it is, but, but because they did it differently. And so they're questioning their, or, and the, and the opposite is true where, you know, the, the younger couple, the daughter-in-law and the son-in-law or whatever can look on their, their parents or in-laws with disdain because they did it a different way, you know? So that's the, that's the other, you know, thing, for hot tips on either way is don't yeah. do, you know, unless it's sin, you don't need to, you know, be judgy about, you know, certain methods or how it was done in that home when they were growing up and versus what they want to do now, you know, because I've seen like, That's right. yeah, because I've seen parents, you know, and I'm again, I'm talking about my generation put down, or, I mean, they'll say it little snarky comments about their their daughters-in-law or their sons-in-law, yeah, they won't let them have this, and I think they should have it, and, you know, da-da-da, and I'm thinking, you know, who cares? You know, just honor them. You'll do more for the relationship if you build them up, and it's that whole thing of affirming other people, looking for what they do well, saying, Mm -hmm. I really appreciate that about you. No one's going to do everything the way I do it. (laughs) I mean, there's just not. That's right, because we're not each other. (laughs) And and who's to say my way's the best? You know, when I'm teaching the Mother from the Heart Bible study, I'll always just talk about as long as you're you know in terms of mothering styles you know how women sometimes young women get so judgy with each other about I don't know whether they use a pack and play or whether they use a a baby carrier or I don't know it's just or their kids allowed to eat at McDonald's. Yes, like, yes. It's just like, unless it's something that's sinful, you know, and I mean, and people say, well, eating at McDonald's is sinful, you know, <laughs> but I'm, I'm not saying that y'all. I'm just saying the way people think. But what I'm saying is unless it's something that's violating scripture, it's like, let people be what, you know, raise their kids yes. and, and, and it's okay. You know, like it's Okay. You know, so anyway, but that goes. And I will, and I think, I also think, so I think of as myself being a daughter-in-law and again, now I've added kids into the mix. So 
So I think of, I mean, Jordan and I were only married for just under two years before we had Jack. So right. The, most of your mother-in-law with me has been with kids. Right. Um, for me, except not I, only except we got to you got to count the years that you were in my that's home before. True. You. That's true. <laughs> Teasing. Go ahead. So you have you have to. Not only do we want to hear our, you know, when we go and get our kids from our in-laws, like who doesn't love hearing the good report about your kid or, you know, all the good things that we like, but let us also take that and be open to our in-laws who are older and wiser than us. And again, I'm talking here about in a Christian relationship, sure, which sure. Audrey and I have. And so I can think of times where Audrey's been in my home and I've been mothering my kids and she's not, she hasn't interfered, like cut me off in front of my kids. But I mean, I can think of it. This is probably like seven or eight years ago, but it was with Luke and Claire. And I was just like, nah, I want you to go do this and do that and get this and do that. And then was this in Smyrna? This is in Smyrna, yes. right? I remember. You were just, <laughs> yes. And you were just sitting there listening. And then, we were still sitting there and talking and you just said to me, you're like, now, you know, you just gave them like 12 orders. Like, you know, you probably need to have, let them have time to do the one and then come back and tell you like, Oh, I did this because plus they were younger. Right. Um, and you just kind of in a gracious way and like, I mean, it's real biblical, like admonishing of like, Hey, I'm just from my perspective. I your kids are overwhelmed, but you're getting a little irritated with them because you think they're disobeying you or not doing something, but you did just get them twelve things to do, and they're <laughs> six and seven. Like, just let the one thing happen, and then if you do have other things for them, that is fine. But then do it in a timely fashion that's appropriate for their age. Yeah, and so. For me, that was a great learning lesson. And I mean, my kids could still tell you that I struggle with that today. It's like, now what do you want me to do? Like, <laughs> and it's like, okay, be clear with them and then don't expect too much. And I'm not telling you, I mean, I think in this day and age, we probably don't expect much of our kids in general in right. society. Right. People my age having kids. And I'm not here to say that. My kids have done a lot of things and have had a lot of responsibilities. But I also think as much as we want it, our in-laws, our mother-in-law to praise us about what we're doing or what's done well or what's cute at our house or our outfit or how our kids are or our routines. Like, let us also be gracious and take or to even have a relationship. Because, Audrey, you obviously had to have felt that you could talk to me in that fashion. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, probably if we had had some, like, tumultuous relationship, I don't know if you would have said right, to me Right, right, right. But there have been several times where you've said things to me, and not in a undermining me way, never in front of my kids, but just, like, to encourage me, hey, I am older than you, and I have done this before. I'm not being condescending, but I'm being honest. Like, what I'm witnessing here, let me just help you with that a little bit. Right. Like, fine-tune it, and things could go a lot and your kids could obey and you could not become frustrated right and so you know that's like with any relationship we always want to happily take the good and then we want to like be mad at the stuff that's not so good but you know so for the mother-in-law I think as you gauge the relationship and the openness that you've helped to create 
I think helping your daughter-in-law and saying things to her, whether it's with her husband or her friends or her kids, that would be helpful. Like, I think that's actually very biblical. Um, It's the older women teaching the younger women. And so don't, you know, Audrey brought that up right at the beginning of this podcast. Don't lay that aside just because now your relationship is like in-law to in-law. Still love her. She's younger than you and still build into her life. And Audrey, you've done that really well with me. Um, Again, nothing's perfect, but it's like you have done that. But I also think then the daughter-in-law be receptive and be teachable. Mm -hmm. Um, And that doesn't mean you never get snarky or irritated, but correct that if that happens. And then you want the relationship to be so much so where your mother-in-law could come to you and give you like a really helpful life tip, like for raising kids. Like you don't want to be such an unteachable person or show yourself so prideful and in charge when you're around your mother-in-law that she doesn't even feel the freedom to say something. Right, right. Because I would imagine that could put people on pins and needles as well. And so right. I think you don't want to make your daughter-in-law feel that way, but you don't want to make your mother-in-law feel that way. I and mean, that's been my experience with you, Audrey. And again, yeah. back to the beginning, I think us communicating about things mm-hmm, or you mm-hmm. asking questions, like you generally knowing like what's going on in our house. Right. Is, huge. Well, and you know, thinking about that one incident, because as you're talking about it too, I remember like seeing myself, you know, at that age, doing the same thing. And that's, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like a point of reference. It's like, and you, and yeah, there is a part that sometimes you want to help. And and of course, because we have a relationship and I would use this as a hot tip, build a relationship with your daughter-in-law, you know, and I'm speaking to the older women now, build a relationship, you know, as much as she will allow, you know, hey, can I take you to lunch? Or I'd like to take you shopping if there's something you want, not not in a way where, because I don't know what the dynamic would be like oh she doesn't like the way I dress if she overthinks it no no but just say I want to have a fun day with you can and and just you know ask her questions ask her opinion on things it's the same kind of thing like when you're raising your children when they get to certain ages when you it's not just you always telling them or or but you're saying well what's your opinion on that or what do you think about that or you know to get to know that's the other thing that I would always that I I'm encouraging older women as they're listening to this, get to know and love your daughters-in-law. You know, get to, um, just like you said earlier, like knowing what, get to uh, being a student of your mother-in-law, be a student of your daughter-in-law in in terms of what she likes, what little gift would she sure appreciate just Mm -hmm. to get, you know, I always call them Cersei gifts, you know, and well, I say that's, I didn't coin that term, term, it said so it's a term where you just send a gift randomly. It's not their birthday. It's not their, you know, it's not anything except I was thinking about you kind of gift, you know, whether it's us, you know. You just did that again the other day, Audrey, <laughs> which Audrey and I both love this store. And she sent me, a, Claire had left some things at her house and she sent it back in this bag and she's like, FYI, like, don't get excited. It's for Claire. It's something she left here. But, like, 
I would have gotten excited because that's not outside of the norm for Audrey to send little things here or there as she sees and thinks about it. Right, so right. So now it's kind of become a joke. Like every time I see one of those, I'm like, ooh. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's someone's underwear. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they left in my house. And you know what the lady said to me at the post office? I was mailing some stuff yesterday because I mailed Claire's. Haven't had to mail anything to Kessid this time yet. I don't know. Although there was a pair of girls' underwear and it went in the package to Grace Anna, so I don't know. It could, I don't know whose it was. Who knows whose it is? <laughs> I don't know. But uh, but I mailed, um, but when I was at the post office, uh, I said, yeah, I'm still mailing stuff that my kids left behind. She said, well, the trick is you don't mail it because then they have to come back if they don't mail it. I said, my kids will come back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were, I mean, we were joking, but she was saying, I thought, oh, if I had to like leave it here, well, the only way you'll get this if you come back and see me. <laughs> Yeah, I know. And isn't it great that it's not that way? Exactly. Knowing that if the kids forget something, which I'm pretty sure my kids always forget at least one thing, (laughs) that I know you're going to mail it back. And sometimes it's something that you wouldn't have needed to mail back. And then other times it's super helpful. It's like, okay, I don't have to go to the store now and get a new abyss. Right, right, right. Something that they really needed. Or even call you and ask you to do it and put you out. It's like, no, you just see it. And that's like a kindness that you have. You're like, no, they need this in their house. This is part of their everyday routine. They need it. Oh, I just. And so you send it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I just think all that, just like you said, whether it's like the random little gifts of like, I was thinking about you, or just even like sending a text here or there, like, hey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or I, I mean, I don't know. I think of all like the silly pictures sometimes that you and I will send each other. Right. And like, remember this? It's like an inside <laughs> joke. Yeah. It's like, but like, just do things like that because then that makes the relationship naturally just be more open. And then when you see each other, it's not weird. Like, you and I have never had a relationship. Well, I can at least speak for myself that I've never had you coming to my home or me going to your home where I'm kind of like, I don't know what that's going to be like. Weird. And <laughs> like, worried. Like, yeah. oh, that was kind of awkward last time we saw each other. What's going to happen? Because even if things have ever been awkward or whatever, like, we deal with it. Whether it's, like, Mm -hmm. you said, Audrey, like, you go before the Lord and maybe it was a vain imagination, so you just lay it aside. Mm -hmm. Or if it was something real and you talk about it and it's no longer in the air. Right, right. I don't know. And then, I mean, I I do think of um, Philippians 4, verse well, I'll just start from the beginning. It says, therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. It's like you and I as believers, like we're also a part of the body of Christ. Like we are not only mother, daughter-in-law, but we're sisters in Christ. Mm -hmm. And so we should be caring about having a spirit of unity. Like Christ doesn't want dissension in the body. And that's true with a mother-in-law, daughter-in-law relationship, especially as believers. Like that's not good to have that. Like we are to walk in a manner and pursue peace and unity Mm -hmm. and kindness. And considering others as more important than ourselves. And I, I mean, really, that's how we're supposed to walk in all of our relationships. So right. I, back to this over women overthinking things or Maureen overthinking everything. It's like, 
why don't you, I just apply the same things that I would be teaching my kids into all my relationships. Like, don't make it weird just because in-law is tagged on to the end of the relationship mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, Audrey's my sister in Christ, and I'm going to love her and do all I can to be in unity with her. Right. Um, I don't know. Yeah, those are my, no, it's, those are my hot. <laughs> well, you know, and I love that when you're reading. Let, let me see that let, let verse in Philippians four. What did it said? Pursue. Let me see. Um, what was the verse you read? Because you said didn't it say, I just read Ephesians four. Oh, Ephesians. I thought one you were read three. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, I might have said Philippians. Sorry if I did. Okay, Ephesians but Ephesians four one through three is okay. what I read. And didn't yeah? Let me look at that real quick because there was something you said that triggered something. Ephesians which chapter four? Chapter four, uh, really two through two and three. Yes, and you said um, yeah. This part. Oh yeah, being diligent. Did you did you read in um, the ESV? What version did you read? On the NAS. Okay. Um, was it three? I thought I, I thought you used the word pursue. I'm looking at it here. Um, being diligent to preserve. I might have the, just said that. Well, that's okay, after. but it's perfect it, because what it made me think of, which because I love it, I just love how the scripture is. You know, it's just one unit. You know, it just made me think of um, Psalm 34, which is also repeated in First mm-hmm. Peter chapter three, when when he says. Um, you know, seek peace and pursue it. You know, in verse 14 of Psalm 34, he says, um, you know, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. It's like very active. And what you just read in, in, in Ephesians, it's very active that we as believers are to seek peace and pursue it. And so therefore, if there's something that I feel like is off, and I'm not talking about just a vain imagination and that I just need to be, you know, keep calm and pray about it. I'm talking about I know something went wrong. God calls me as a believer to seek peace with that person and pursue it. It's very active that I want our relationship to be good. You know, I want whatever I have to do to make it to be good. I want to do that. You know, sometimes like with with my husband, you know, over the years, just different times, I say, well, just tell me what I did. I I want to make it right. You know, if there's something that I did wrong, I want to make it right. As far as it depends on me, I want to make that right. And, um, and, and, you know, and with other friendships over the years, and again, not being super introspective, but there's all of us have blind spots that we didn't even know we offended someone. And that's another thing in terms of a hot tip, you know, sometimes you don't even know that you offended someone. And so therefore, if we're offended, we, we sometimes I think they probably don't even realize it. So I need to let it go. And then if it's something I need to talk to about it, let the Lord show me that, but not to be, you know, not to rush into ruining a relationship because I got to give them a piece of my mind about what I was upset over, you know, because that that can, you know, that can backfire and and not be a good thing. That's why it comes back. Well, because then with an in-law relationship, it's like, imagine, and again, I don't. I mean, unless I have a vain imagination, you and I have never had like some big blowout before. (laughs) Right. And so, but I would imagine if we had had that or like in a lot of in-law relationships that are like that, Mm -hmm. that you have to think the child of the mother or father is kind of hurt, you know, just like that's my mother or my father and my spouse can't stand them. Like, 
Right. That is like, that's like a really, so not only women, when we want to be petty or stupid with our mother-in-law over dumb little things that either we just need to let go or we just need to talk about to clear the air, you know, as we ask the Lord and he searches us and shows us. But like, you have to think, because you, you put your husband in a really awkward spot, you're kind of asking him without asking him to take sides. Right, And right. I don't even think that that should have to be an issue. Yeah. Um, unless there is a major issue. Again, ladies, I'm talking here about healthy Christian relationships sure, with sure. a mother, daughter-in-law. Um, but I'm glad. I just think, you know, I don't know, Audrey, what you think about that. No, but no, I no. want to hurt Jordan by hurting you. Right. And, Right. I'm glad you brought that. No, I think I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's incredibly important, Maureen, because and I think it's an important thing for people to remember, even if let's just say you couldn't stand me for whatever reason. I'm not and I'm just talking about my personality or I rubbed you the wrong way. Not that it, anything's sinful. I'm just I'm, I just want to put that out there that sometimes people are just not our favorite people. We, they just they just rub us the wrong way. But that's not true of you, though. (laughs) Of course not. (laughs) But I'm just saying in general, like there, you know, it's hard sometimes for for people to be around other people. And it's not it's not Mm -hmm. a sin. I mean, you know, there's people in all of our lives. It's like I love them, but it's hard for me to be around them or whatever. So I'm just putting it in that context. But I'm glad what you brought up, because it's it's critically important because, uh, you know, because we're talking about mother-in-law, daughter-in-law relationships. It's very important. You know, I'm thinking now of my mother-in-law. She's gone, you know, she's not with us anymore. But I'm thinking she raised my son, I mean, my husband. (laughs) She, you know, Carl loves her so much that I don't ever want to hurt him by just, you know, if there's something about his mother that I don't like or whatever. So I think that you're right. That's so important. And even if, and and again, a husband and wife are going to have things like a wife can say, oh, your mom hurt my feelings when she did such and such. And, but that's different working through things than putting them down, you know, or saying mean things about them or whatever, or holding grudges. We're just having your husband feel like every time you go to your in-law's house that he knows his wife is miserable. Yes. Like, that's a lot to, like, just put on. Like, maybe your husband is really excited to go home and see his parents, and then you put a damper on that, or you put vain imaginations in his head. Yes, and then on the way home, all you do is criticize. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I'm glad you brought that up, because I'm sure all of us, you know, um, yeah, because we're sinful people and we like right. so often go to the lowest common denominator. That's what you know, know. our sin natures do. And it really takes, you know, it's kind of like, you know, we say it takes nothing to drift. It takes no effort to, to drop to the to, to go into the sinkhole. It takes the effort to be out of it, you know, and, right. and that's why it's always like seek peace is active. Seek peace and pursue it. You know, be diligent to do this, to preserve the bond of unity, which is what your Ephesians passage that you read said Mm -hmm. and it's so so important and and in every single relationship but you know we're running out of our time and so I just want to say a couple things and Maureen I'm going to ask you to close in in just a minute but um but you know once again it just reminds me that all of us whether it's a mother-in-law daughter-in-law or friendship or whatever we always should look for what we can how we can build up the other person because that goes 
that just does so much. And I'm not talking about flattery. I'm talking about legitimate things that you're grateful for. You know, I just really appreciate that you did this, or this meant a lot to me, or, you know, the way this happened. A daughter-in-law telling her mother-in-law that, that will do volumes in that relationship. And a mother-in-law to turn around and tell those things that she truly appreciates about her daughter-in-law will do, because all children, whether they're 40 years old or whether they're 50 years old, they still want approval from their parents and their parents-in-law. That's just the way it is. I mean, you know, even I'm just saying that's just the way that God made us, wired us. And so anything, any way that a mother-in-law can build up her daughter-in-law or and her son-in-law as well is going to do volumes in building that relationship. And we need my last little thing on a negative note is don't be a busybody in your children's lives. You know, don't be questioning them or checking up to see what they're doing doing or doing things that make them feel like they're not doing things right, you know, and just examine your own heart as a mother-in-law. Do I do that? And, and Lord, help me not to do that. I want to be a, I want to be an agent of building my daughter-in-law up and helping her as she raises her kids and praying for her that she and my son will be close their entire lives and that they will be each other's rock when I'm no longer around, um, you know, in this life. So Maureen, why don't you pray as um, we close out um, this podcast? Father, you are so good. Thank you so much for creating me and for creating Audrey and bringing me into the Brogy family. Thank you for the relationship of mother and daughter-in-law. And Father, I just pray that as Christian women, that we would first seek you, that we would seek a relationship with you. Because if you are a guidepost, Lord, that is going to be an overflow into all of our relationships. May we love and honor our parents and our in-laws and our husbands well. In Christ's name, amen. If you enjoyed this episode of Rare But Real, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when a new episode is posted. And share this podcast with friends. Follow Audrey on Instagram and Facebook at Mothering From The Heart. And listen to all her messages on the Search the Scriptures app.